On this episode, I want to talk about options because I keep getting questions from many people that I talk to and interact with in the real world about what stock options are. After this episode, I'm going to do a podcast on the book, um, the fasting book that Jason Fung wrote, uh, kind of changed my life. I started fasting about six years ago and I have more energy than I've ever had in my life, probably leaner than I've ever been, um, stronger than I've ever been. And at 41 years of age, I just feel the healthiest I've ever been. And I do believe a big part of that is because of fasting. So I want to talk about that book and then my journey with fasting. That'll be on the next show. For this show, I'm just kind of squeezing it in. I wanted to do a podcast, you know, every week, but I'm just so busy with all the things I'm doing. I'm continuing to uh, try to grow my painting company and I'm getting my realtor license and uh, I still have real estate investing that I'm doing. I just have a lot of things that I'm, that I'm working on. So I just don't have enough time in the day to really do one episode a week at the moment. So hopefully I can get there at some point, but I did want to do a show on options because everyone keeps asking me about options. And I do think they're one of the best ways to uh, mitigate risk when it comes to investing in the stock market. So I'm trying to think about my journey with options and how it, how it all started. And I feel like I first heard about stock options in the early 2000s. Um, my father had passed away in 2003 and he was a stock market investor and he tried teaching me about the stock market, but I really didn't quite understand uh, how the stock market worked and I really didn't trust the market. So he tried to teach me, um, he started in the late 90s showing me, you know, the portfolio he had built for me and then he showed me his portfolio and he talked about PE ratios and how to find good companies. And I think my big hang up was really kind of two things. First, I didn't quite understand what gave value to shares, to common shares of stock, because he would always say that stocks are like baseball cards and people just kind of trade them back and forth. You know, in other words, when you buy a stock, you're you're, you're investing in the stock market as in you're investing your capital, but the, the company itself doesn't actually get the money. The company had already done the IPO. They've already raised capital. And then from then that point forward, usually those shares are just traded back and forth between the public. And so it kind of seemed like one big game to me. And then the dot-com crash happened and I saw his portfolio and my portfolio tank um, within a couple months. And I was just like, okay, this, this is, this is gambling. So then he passed away in 2003 and uh, we didn't know how to uh, manage the money. My mom didn't know. I didn't know. And so it was then handed over to a financial advisor. And I believe it was the financial advisor that I think when I asked him about what options are, because I was trying to learn about the market. He said, oh, don't, don't, uh, don't mess with options. They're highly complex and they're very risky. And I kind of let it go. And he managed the money and then it went to another financial advisor. All, of, all the advisors did a pretty wretched job of handling the money, unfortunately. And then I even bought a couple books on options, which didn't make any sense. 
So I kind of let it go and I really got into options around 2015. And the way I did it um, and what kind of made me start to look into it was uh, reading an article that said you could make, you know, 10 to 13% income by writing covered calls. And that's where the journey kind of started. And I started out with covered call writing. And I kind of found out, took about a year of doing this, and I found out that covered calls really um, aren't all that they're cracked up to be. There's time to use covered calls. There's a time and a place for it, which I do talk about in my stock market uh, course. I have three of them. Uh, the first two courses, uh, they're two hours each, approximately. They're audio lessons. They're about 10, out, uh, 10 minutes to 15 minutes per lesson. Uh, the third course is all about options, and that's about 41 chapters, and it's about 11 hours of total runtime. But it's a really good course in that it explains uh, options in kind of really everything you need to know about options to get out there and do and um, use options yourself. So I just want to give a real brief kind of overview of what options are so people understand that they're really simple and that everyone that is managing their money in the stock market, at least this is what I believe, that you should understand how to use options because they're really, really beneficial and they're tools you can use to really help uh, maximize your returns and mitigate losses. So let me just go over really what there are, what they are and what you're dealing with. So essentially... There's just calls and puts. That's it. Those are the two options. And there are two different things you can do with calls. You can write a covered call or you could buy a call option. And those are kind of two sides uh, of the same coin. And then you can buy a put or sell a put. And that's it. I mean, that's it for options. I'll briefly explain what shorting a stock is because I just recently had a conversation with two young men about options. I wanted to learn about them and they, they realized that you could bet against a stock in a sense and make money when it goes down. And they were, they didn't know the difference between shorting a stock and then buying a put. And so I'll explain what shorting a stock is and why you really shouldn't ever do it. Um, and fundamentally you shouldn't short a stock because if you're wrong, your downside is not capped. Your downside is actually unlimited. You could lose an infinite amount when you short a stock. And when you short a stock, you essentially borrow shares of the stock from the brokerage, whatever brokerage it is. They'll lend you shares. So you borrow 100 shares and, they, and then you get they charge you interest. And then you get to sh sell those shares on the open market. So say you borrow uh, 100 shares of Apple and then just sell it at the current share price of whatever it, let's just say, hypothetically, Apple's trading at like whatever, 140 a share. So you borrow 100 shares, you sell them on the open market for $14,000, okay? Then you're hoping the stock goes down to like whatever. Let's just say you think it's going to go to 60 a share in the next six months or year. Well, you owe those shares back to the brokerage. You borrowed 100 shares. You owe those back at some point, and you're going to pay interest while you're waiting. Well, fortunate for you, you know, you're good. Apple goes to 60 a share. Well, then you can go ahead and buy 100 shares at 60 a share and then give them back to the brokerage, right? You can go buy the shares in the open market for 60 a share, even though you sold them for 140 and then essentially made the difference 
on that trade. The problem is if you're wrong, let's say you're speculating a certain biotech company is going to go down, you know, say if you think some drug's going to fail or whatever, and you short the stock, the problem is, um, say, many things can happen. You know, say the drug passes, or let's just say a company you think is going to go out of business gets bought out. All of a sudden, there's a rumor of a buyout, and the, sh- and the stock shoots up and climbs higher and higher. Well, you still owe those 100 shares back, so you have to now buy them for more than what you borrowed them for. And so your losses are really infinite. You have infinite downside when you short a stock. So all that to say, don't ever short a stock ever. Don't ever do it. I don't know why people do it. So let's talk about, let's get back to the calls and puts. Uh, let's talk about the covered call. That's what I first did. And that's when I read the article that you could make 10 to 13% a year by writing covered calls. When you write a covered call, you have to own the stock. And options contracts are in uh, every contract represents 100 underlying shares. So let's say I own 100 shares of Apple and I go buy it for $100 a share. That's $10,000. I could then agree to sell my shares at a certain price in the future for a certain period of time. So I'll be obligated to sell my shares of Apple for, say, $105 a share for the next six months. So I'm, I'm willing to sell that right. So someone on the other side of the trade will then pay me money to have the right to buy 100 shares of Apple at 105 a share. They're locking in that price for the next six months or year or whatever time frame they choose. And they'll pay you money and you get that money immediately. And it's a contract between you and the other person on the other side of the trade. The other person bought the call option. And so they are... Uh, you know, doling out a little bit of money to have the right to lock in Apple at a certain price within a certain time range. So really what can happen is Apple goes to 105 or above and you're obligated to sell it for 105 no matter what. Apple could go to 150 a share in six months and you're obligated to sell it for 105 a share. That is the covered call. So your upside is capped and your downside is mitigated a little bit because you're collecting a little bit of money called a premium from that person on the other side of the trade. And that really is the covered call. Now, there's a lot more to covered calls in terms of the strike price you would pick, and that is what price you're willing to sell your shares at. And, you know, obviously there's uh, the time frame, you could pick a one month time frame, a two week time frame, a one year time frame, or even a two year time frame. So there's all these different strike prices and time frames you could choose to sell your shares of Apple at a certain price within a certain time span. That's it. That's the covered call. Now the person on the other side of the trade is buying the call option. They're they're buying, uh, they're paying out a little bit of money to have the right to buy my shares at a certain price within a certain time span. That's the call option. And the call option, I think, is really the most powerful and best uh, tool out there when it comes to mitigating your risk. In other words, your downside is capped and your upside is unlimited. That's the call option. So let's talk about the call option a little bit. 
And I have to say that, you know, many people, when you read articles, they talk about call options being incredibly risky. They're super risky to buy call options, which is really crazy when I think about it because call options, I think, are one of the best ways to mitigate risk. So let's talk about the call option. The call option is where you spend a little bit of money to lock in 100 shares of hopefully a really good company or your favorite company for a certain price within a certain uh, time horizon. That's the call option. So you're not actually owning the stock. You're having the right to buy the stock at a certain price within a certain time span. And you're putting out a little bit of money to do that. So let's say, uh, let's give an example of a call option. Let's say, I believe Apple is going to go up, you know, 30 or 40% in the next year. Now I could buy 100 shares of Apple and let's say it's trading at 100 a share or 140. Let's just say it's trading at 140 a share. I could buy 100 shares of Apple at 140 share and, and, and put out $14,000. And then I could say lock in the the price of, let's say I want to buy Apple at the current share price that it's trading at. A year from now, I want to lock in that 140 one year from now. Um, I, I could buy the shares for 14 grand or I could lock in the right to buy Apple at the current share price. And so obviously if I bought the shares, I'd be spending $14,000 to actually own the shares. And let's say if I did buy the shares and then Apple went up to say 200 a share, well, my 14,000 would be worth $20,000. That's great. That's a $6,000 profit. And let's say it took a year. But what if the market would crash? I mean, really crash. Like let's say the whole Russia-Ukraine thing escalated or something happened with China. Or we go into a very deep recession, perhaps depression, because inflation's crazy. And Apple then goes from 14,000 a share. Let's say the market goes down 50%, like the dot-com crash. So Apple goes from 14,000 a share to, say, 7,000 a share. I'd lose, at least on paper, $7,000. In other words, when you own stock, when you actually own it outright, nothing's mitigating your risk which is why you better own really, really good companies that are probably going to be around no matter what happens. Now, instead of buying 14000 worth of Apple, let's say you understand options and the call option, and you're thinking, you know, I really don't want to dole out fourteen grand right now. I'd rather put out $2,000 to have the right to buy Apple at a certain price, lock it in within a certain time span. Let's say it costs you... Let's just say it costs you $3,000 to do this, to buy Apple at $140 a share a year from now when it's trading at $140 a share. So you're buying the call option for $3,000. You don't own the stock. You have the right to buy the stock at a certain price within a certain time span. Now, if Apple then tanks, like we said, because the market crashed and goes to $70 a share, you don't lose $7,000. You just lose the call option, what you pay for the call option. That would be $3,000. So, so you've capped, you've essentially capped your downside, which is huge. I believe it's very important to invest in a manner where you 
cannot undergo a wealth-destroying event, and I, I define one as losing about 50%, 50 to 60% of your portfolio. If it draws down 50 to 60%, that's pretty brutal. I don't care what age you are. That's pretty brutal. So I believe we should invest in a manner where we mitigate that. So if we bought the call option on Apple, we wouldn't be under, we wouldn't be uh, underwater by $7,000, you know, on paper anyway. We would only have, we would only lose $3,000. So the downside is capped. Now, what if Apple would go up to, in that year time horizon, let's say Apple went to 240 a share. Is our upside capped? No, it's not capped. We have the right to buy Apple at 140 a share. So if Apple goes to 240 a share a year from now, we still have the right to buy Apple at, at 140 a share. So remember, options and options contracts are always in 100 share increments. Our $3,000 call option, if we wanted to sell a call option at the end of, at the end of that uh, time span a year from now, we could sell it for $10,000. So that would be approximately, sorry about the beeping. I have my, uh, I keep getting text messages here. Um, so if we would then uh, sell the call option and trade it in or trade it is a better way to put it, it'd be worth $10,000. That would be about a 300% gain on the $3,000 premium. That is huge. You have to let this sink in because we're doling out a little bit of money. We're controlling a lot of shares. Okay, this is the idea of leverage, doing more with less money. And at the same time, we are uh, mitigating our downside. We're capping our downside, but our upside's unlimited. So if Apple would go to 300 a share or 400 a share or 500 a share, we're not, we're not capped in our upside. That's the call option. The call option's amazing because our downside is mitigated. I believe call options are one of the best tools, one of the most powerful tools that all investors should learn how to use. And I use them all the time as I manage my portfolio. So that's the brief explanation of a call option. Now you have puts. Puts are a little different in terms of, let's say you want to, uh, instead of shorting stock, which you should never do, you want to bet against a stock because you think a stock is going to tank. Let's say, for example, Zoom. Zoom went from like 80 a share to 400 something a share during COVID. Okay. And you have to ask yourself, you know, if you're thinking on a macro level, like, is Zoom going to still be around when the whole COVID thing kind of blows over? I missed this opportunity, but I thought Zoom would probably go back down to reality because even though COVID's still with us, a lot of people have some immunity. They have the vaccines that are out and people just live with it. So people are tired of Zooming. Well, Zoom went from, I think, 430 a share all the way back down to 80 a share and within like a year. So if you want to bet against Zoom, you would buy a put. And so when you buy a put, let's say Zoom was trading at $4.30 a share, and you buy the put. And let's say this put cost you $7,000. And you want the right to sell 100 shares of Zoom for $400 a share a year from now. That's called buying the put. Let's say it costs you $7,000, and Zoom's trading at $4.30 a share. So you have a year to let this thesis kind of play out. And fortunately for you, it did. And Zoom goes way down. It goes to 80 a share. Your, the money you would make would be the difference of 
you basically be $430 subtracted from $80 and you would multiply it by 100. So you'd make, let's just say Zoom went to 100 a share and you, and you're like, you know what? I want to get out now because I'm really happy with this trade. Well, your option, since you have the right to sell 100 shares of Zoom at 400 a share, and now it's at 100 a share, that would be worth $30,000. Your $7,000 put would be worth 30 grand. Now I'm doing this, I'm doing this podcast off the top of my head. I'm, I have several more things to do today. So this isn't some really written out show with notes and everything. So I'm kind of jumping around, but that is buying a put. And with all options, all options, you can end the contract or get out of the contract, whether you buy to close the contract or you sell the option, you can do it in, at any given time. They're liquid. So, you know, if you have a year option contract, you don't have to wait till the, the last day. You can sell it a month in if the stock moves in your favor. So that's buying a put. You're kind of you're kind of um, betting against the stock, but but you're capped, unlike shorting a stock. So let's say you bet against Zoom, and it skyrockets to five thirty a share, six hundred share. It doesn't matter. You just lose that premium, the seven thousand you paid for. So that's the best way to bet against a stock if you think it's going to go down. Now there's this. Now on the other side of the trade is the person that um, sold the cash secured put. So you bought the put. Now someone sold it to you, right? So someone's saying, I will buy 100 shares of Zoom for 400 a share within this certain time span. They're the person that's they're the person that sold you the put. It's called selling a cash secured put. So let me give you an example of selling a cash secured put. Let's say, for example, you really like the stock Pepsi. I personally do. I own it. I'll own it for the next 20 some years. And, but you think Pepsi's at, you know, really high right now. It's at 175 a share and you think it's going to go down. You really don't want to spend 175 on Pepsi. You would love to buy it for, you know, 150 bucks a share within the next year. You'd be happy with that because it's a great company, but you don't want to pay 175. Well, you can essentially sell a cash secured put and be on the hook to buy. And you, you could pick the strike price. You could say, Hey, look, you can you can tell someone I'll buy I'll buy your shares of Pepsi for 150 a share. I'll buy 100 of them for 150 a share a year from now. You can tell someone that. And someone will pay you money. And that person paying you money they're they're kind of either betting against it or they're insuring their own holdings. So they own 100 shares of Pepsi but they're insuring by buying a put on stocks they own. They're insuring any downside. Okay, that's another thing you can do with puts. So you can Buy the put, whether you own the stock or not. So let's say in this example, you are totally cool with buying Pepsi for 150 a share. You love this price to buy Pepsi at, but it's trading at 175 a share. Well, you can sell a cash secured put. And so you have to set aside, you have to have the money in your account to buy 100 shares of Pepsi within the next year for 150 a share. So you have to set aside $15,000 in order to sell this cash secured put. And someone might pay you $300 or $400 to be locked in to buy shares of Pepsi at 150 a share a year from now. That's called selling a cash secured put. And I've sold many cash secured puts. I love cash secured puts because you're, you're minimizing your downside 
a little bit because you're saying you will buy shares of your favorite company at a lower price than it's currently trading at. So, you know, let's say Pepsi falls 10% or 20%. You can pick whatever strike price you want. You can pick uh, certain strike prices where the stock or the ETF has to move down 20% and then you'll buy it. So if you think the market is hot and it's overheated or it's due for a pullback, you can buy, say, an ETF that owns all the S&P 500 companies, the SPY. You can go out there and say, look, I will buy the SPY at 20% less than what it's currently trading at, and you'll get paid money for that. And that money is called a premium. And if it never gets to that share price, nothing happens. You don't take over the shares. You're not obligated to buy the shares. The premium's yours no matter what. And it would be considered an actual profit. Okay. That's it when it comes to options. And they're awesome. I think the, 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 I think the best two options that I use are the call option and cash cured puts. Those are what I use the most. I don't really use covered calls that much. There's a time and a place for it. And I talk about it in my options course. But those are options. They're very, very simple. And there's just a lot you can do with them as well. There's a lot you can do with options. There's different combinations of options you can do. I think they're one of the most powerful tools out there that every investor should learn. Because once you know it, you know it. And you're not going to forget it, and you're going to be able to learn it for the rest of your life. This is what the most savvy investors around the world use. They all use options because all savvy investors know they cannot get blown out of the market. And that is... uh, incur a wealth-destroying event. They all know this, and they all use options. Yet, when you read articles online or books, they make it so confusing and complex and convoluted. And I'm telling you right now, it's not. And I really believe my options course, which I've gotten great reviews from students, explains them very, very clearly with screenshots, with examples. And I break it down into very, very short lessons. But anyway, I wanted to just do a really quick podcast. Nothing's been written out. I'm about to run some more errands and do some stuff for my painting company. But I want to just squeeze this in. The next podcast is going to be all about fasting because it's changed my life. It's amazing. I think it has amazing health benefits, anti-aging benefits, um, benefits for your immune system. I think it's so healthy. It's so easy to do. It's free. Fasting is free. You save a lot of money because you don't need as much food, but you, you you realize you feel amazing without as much food in your stomach. I actually feel best in the fasted state. So I want to talk about that book that Jason Fung wrote, How It Changed My Life. That will be the next podcast. Um, if you want to check out my stock market courses, email brandon at streetwiseinvesting.com, and I'm going to send you a link where you can uh, get a subscription to my courses. And I think I have it at 79 bucks a month, but you can get through all my courses in a couple of weeks. And literally learn everything that took me about 10 years to learn all in a couple of weeks. It's really, really worth it. So that's it for this show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.